It's time! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Masters of Banter. Got my man John Michael in the building. What's good? What's up? What's up? I'm your I'm your other host, co-host, uh, Mike Lake. I forgot my name for a fucking second. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. I'm so focused on these on this banter. I, I just forgot what I was going to talk about. So um, let's get right into it, man. Another week, another show, another debate uh, with my counterpart over here. If y'all don't remember how it works. We're going to go through a couple of different topics. We're going to discuss uh, actually three topics today. We're going to go over the pros and cons or things we disagree about in them. But most importantly, we're going to kind of inform you guys on our opinions on them. Please feel free to comment on the website, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud. Let us know what you think. If you disagree, if you agree, if you think we should talk about something else, please let us know. Yep, yep. That's one of the interesting things about Banter. There's no organization to it, except for that slight little organizational rule that he just gave y'all. Uh, because you can join in. You, you can disagree. You can have a third opinion. You can have a fifth opinion. I, I mean, we can really just get down into the nuts and bolts of what this really means. Uh, to start things off, we're going to get into USA's show, Mr. Robot, uh, f- a favorite of mine and, and JM's. Uh, from the point of view of this is the second season. Second season. And the question was posed uh, off air, is this second season living up to what the first season brought? Uh, to start things off, I'm going to let JM jump right into it. What do you think, sir? Well, I think there's a lot of fear for most people going into season two because most shows have that season Second two season slump, yeah. that slump, like, or they could do the true detective and just fall off a bridge <laughs> and, like you know, s- make I- people not want to watch it at all. That's another debate. So, I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> that's something that could happen. But, I mean, I think with Mr. Robot, the interesting thing is that people got so enamored with the end of Mr. Robot. The Mm -hmm. energy, the pace, how it sped up, how it just became this, like, ball of fire at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. They forgot what happened in season one of Mr. Robot. No one knew what the hell was going on for the first half of that show. And that was what was brilliant about it. They kept you as in the dark (laughs) as the characters within the show. Even though you you can watch it and digest it and read reviews and shit, absolutely, you still didn't know what was going on. So, don't take the finale for oh we have information now we want more. Yeah, you're still gonna be in that confused state of mind. It's 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 actually kind of funny to me to watch people on Twitter and on social media kind of comment as if like oh man this show's starting too slow or it's doing this or doing that and I'm like this is exactly. Every show follows a formula. It's yeah. like people that watch Game of Thrones know on episode nine of Game of Thrones, that's something big is going to happen. Yeah, that's the action. Mr. Robot kind of follows the same formula. The first four episodes usually go in four different directions mm-hmm. to con- not to confuse the audience, but to keep you on your toes. Yeah, and then it gets face. a direction and it drives towards it. Yeah. If you were expecting the direction to just continue the same way episode, season one was, the show would be over in like two and a half seasons because the pace was so fast. Oh, yeah. They you, had to slow down. Yeah, they... they they had to get into the to the to the to the details of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we could easily do season opener, season finale, like you said, six episode season and bang this thing out. Yeah. But I like I like the slower pace because it really takes time to. It gives you essentially four different directions. You could take the interstate, you could take a back road, you could take the expressway, or you could take a bus. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we're going to end up at the same destination. And I could see that coming in the second season. I mean, what episode are we on right now? We're on episode four right now. Okay. And, or actually, episode four just happened because the first one was two episodes. They had like true, an intermission. True. It was like a double episode. I, I will say this. I think there there are certain things about the show where you can tell they're trying to do something now. Mm-hmm. Like, no one expected them to be great. So they had, 
you know, it's kind of like that team that's 0-15 and, and on the last game of the year wins that 16th and game. And now they have a thing And, and you're like, yeah, they, they, they didn't really have anything to lose, so they just went for it. Yeah. Now they do have something to lose. They're yeah. critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. People won Emmys. They people won got a lot of awards. So they kind of, I feel like, in a way, they're trying to do things that are different to be different. And the same thing, they're trying to take risks. I mean, they had a kid throw up Adderall and then re-eat it. Oh, that was an amazing scene. That was an amazing <laughs> so, I mean, like, scene. I mean, they're doing, they're pushing the limits, and I, I think it's, I think it's a great TV show. I do understand why people, in a certain way, are confused by it, mm-hmm. but I think that's exactly what the director and writer of the show wants you that, to be. That is, is confused. the point, is to be confused. Uh, one thing I will say, there's, there's, for all the lack of direction, or seeming like there's a lack of direction, there's a complete order to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The if you if you don't know, and I'll just give a a quick layman's term synopsis. Uh, the point of the show, Mister Robot, is to kind of bring the randomness of what the internet is mm-hmm. and the wild wild westness of it all, and put it into like a coherent story. But if told you, to you by a drug addict, told to you by <laughs> drug, and a and a, a mental patient. Uh, if you know anything about the internet, you know that there's no order out there. There's no policing it. There's no understanding what it does. As soon as something's understood, then it grows into this other thing. Example, you have your Napsters, and it's like, oh, people are pirating music, so shut that down. And then now you have streaming, which is essentially the same thing. Yeah. Uh, the idea of this show is essentially going through that same route. I, I, I love, actually, I have some notes here. I loved the opening episode one. The song they played was a sample, Lupe Fiasco's Daydreaming. Oh, okay. An amazing song. Uh, and not to get super deep into that song. Uh, you remember, right? The opening, that was the song that was playing oh, yeah, yeah. while they yeah. were doing the thing. Uh, they played the instrumental version of it. But that song was about a robot. Mm-hmm. Lupe wrote it about a robot and a robot being representative uh, or an allegory to um, the project mm-hmm. and its existence in America and the greater whole. Uh, to give you a quote, as I spy from behind my giant robot's eyes, I keep him happy because I might fall out if he cries. Like to give you that metaphor of living within a robot while he's living in the project watching the world around him like mr robot lives in this world and he's existing in it he's mm-hmm. taking part in it he took part in creating the um the finale like the the war on e-corp but also he's experiencing it too so i think that's dope that they did that it was almost like like if you understood that song as soon as they started playing i was like what are they doing here and i had yeah. to watch it a second time to catch that that was that was crazy well the, with the i think i saw like a footnote to step away from what you just said, or to tie along with what you said, is the amount of hip-hop influences that have been in this season of the show. Mm-hmm. There's like three hip-hop artists that are in the show, and not, you know, most importantly, Joey Badass, who's a main character right now, who's actually doing a really good job of showing someone who didn't grow up in white suburban culture obsessed with a white suburban yeah. culture and TV show. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's obsessed with Seinfeld, and mm-hmm. like that mindset of like, I don't understand it. why I, the hell this why, makes sense. Why, are, why, why is it that way, and why do people love this show? Yeah. <laughs> But that, that in itself was another message, too. Um, talking about Seinfeld and its repetitiveness and while showing the repetitiveness of what they were going through, the mon- you know, we eat lunch three times a day, we, we get here, he talks, I listen. The the things that they're doing, it's like the, the vehicles they're using to tell, to explain their metaphors are in themselves the things that are happening. So they're literally putting you as, a, as an audience member in the position of what the character's going mm-hmm. through. So his mundane day-to-day life of not talking to Mr. Robot and trying to stay away from that, trying to be in a routine, um, is exactly what Joey Badass is saying when he's talking about the show. Like, why do they keep doing the same things? Like, Kramer always busts in the house, and they always have a problem, and they always talk about the same problem for the whole episode. Well, the whole episode that we were watching was yeah. talking about that same exact thing. So yeah. 
I thought that was really, really damn cool. Um, not to nerd out on, on hip hop in Mr. Robot, but it's a show about chaos and order and how they clash together. And even, even the littleness, like even if you think about hip hop and what it brought, hip hop isn't a true musician's art form. It's not, it's not classical music. It's not any. You don't have to learn how to play an instrument to know hip hop. You just have to live in its life. And it's kind of, to some people, might seem crazy and chaotic, like listening to rap in the bars, but if you know it and understand it, then it makes sense. It's, it's actually organized noise. Yeah. Um, it, it's the same thing as the internet. If you don't understand coding, you look at a code and you're like, what the fuck is this? But the people who do understand it, it's completely organized. Neo. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like Neo in the Matrix. So it's one of those super dope things. Like The writers are so far beyond where we are, where they're putting us in this position with things that we understand. Like, I understand Frasier. I, I mean, not Frasier. Seinfeld. Uh, I understand hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I don't understand coding in the internet, but to some degree, like, I'm like, intermediate. And I think the show's doing a really good job of kind of putting me in a position of Elliot, which is the main the main guy and what he's going through and his schizophrenic guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the best thing that Sam Ismail is doing with the show is making it realistic. Mm-hmm. As you know how we we've discussed before with Batman how like Christopher Nolan made Batman almost like something you could think that's tangible like I could see someone doing this yeah. and this is how it would really play out. Well, with Mr. Robot, he's making it real. I feel like if people got what they wanted where you went into this in-depth storyline where they really bra- like they they defeated Evil Corp it was so easy and then yeah. they went through the whole system and they destroyed the whole system. Here's that's the not villain. real life. Here's the hero. It's not real life. In real life, you get small victories mm-hmm. and then they don't mean they anything. conquer like Bernie Sanders did a great job of creating a, politi- a political revolution, mm-hmm. but then it failed, and Hillary Clinton won the election. Exactly. And now it's settling for the middle because you can't get what you want. And, well and so Mr. Robot is telling people, yes, you're going to have small victories, but if you want the ultimate one, it's not going to happen easily. It's not going to happen in a season. It's not going to happen two seasons. Most likely it won't happen at all, and you'll die trying. But the point is to keep fighting. And I think that's a, such a realistic tone mm-hmm. that isn't what everyone wants to see. You know, it's kind of the European way of television where you don't get a very happy ending. You yeah, just kind of get kinda, the ending that's real. It ended, and that's what happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think they're doing a lot of good things. I think that it's not necessarily what people are expecting, but I can see the show already rounding the corner, mm-hmm. getting back to where it was in the last one, coming together, finding a point where it's going to drive home and bring all the scattered, you know, the scatter plot of information <laughs> into, like, a point. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be great. I think... Uh, I mean, I, I as far as me, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for the next, I think it's six episodes or something like that that they have left. I think and they're doing ten. Um, I think uh, it's ten, but the first and second, first and last are two and one. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. Like Eleven that. and a half. I don't yeah. know. How the hell do you want to count it? So, so to sum it up, where, where you're based, the question, is it good or bad, second season, taking his time again? Because it's not just an introduction to a show like most first mm-hmm. seasons do. They're starting off at that slow pace again. To maybe lead you up to another small victory. Yeah, it's almost. I I think it's great. I or, think it's or a small failure. I think it's brilliant. I think he took some of the pages out of the wire, mm-hmm. where the wire basically did an about face from season one to season two. It was almost a completely different cast of people. Yeah, they, and, they added so. Much and I don't mean like two. the whole cast turned white. Like <laughs> like that didn't happen, but that that kind of happened no, in the they, wire they, like, like in the first the, episode. They changed the setting and everything. It went from like the inner city to the to the to the docks. docks. Yeah, yeah. not to the docks. And they they it kind of did like an about face, and it was like, all right, we talked about this section. Now we're gonna talk about this section. We're gonna go back to this every mm-hmm. once in a while, but the main thing is that we're moving here. And so like Mr. Robot is kind of taking a page from that word. The whole show, the first scene was here. We're going to go here. here. We're going to do flashbacks to what happened, and that was cool, but we're here. 
and you're just going to have to get up here with us. And I like it. I think it's great. I think it's a way to keep people on their toes. But since we're talking about we're both in agreeance, I'm, we, I'm assuming. We, uh, yeah, we, we both agree. Dope season. Take <clears throat> Sit your ass down and listen. Watch the show. You'll be. It'll pay off. Yes, yes. And we are going to do, I am going to do a review on it. I'm going to write my review, but I'm waiting till the end because there's too many knee-jerk reactions that are going to happen in a show where you have no clue what the hell is going definitely, on. Definitely. So I'm going to sit back and take it all in. But since we're talking about the success of one show, we mm-hmm. might as well talk about the unsuccessfulness of another person. <laughs> From success <laughs> to failure. And we're going to go on a little trip through the summer of Draymond Green. You know, it started <laughs> off uh, pretty poorly by being thrown out of Game 5 of the Finals. That was the beginning of the end for him. I will give you this. He had a great game seven. I mean, he, he, great game seven. He balled out. He, he balled out. His team did. He had a better, his single game was better than your basketball team had a whole season. Why, why we got to bring up old shit? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. But no, it, it started with that. They lost the finals. Then he beat up some, beat up the same guy in two different places in two different days tell, in tell Michigan. Tell me about that. What, what happened so with, with Apparently that? he choked a Michigan State uh, basketball player or football player Does in he a know club. This guy? No, he. I guess he's he's that guy knew him obviously because he's Draymond Green. He's a professional basketball player. But I mean, like, are they personable? No, I don't think they knew each other at that point. Sometimes you and he basically looked at the kid and he was like, "I pay for your scholarship," and punked him and choked him and his girl. According to the guy, he choked him and his girl mm. and mushed both of them. Damn. And then he changed the story and said it was a, a member of his crew. Sound like you're trying to get a check. Yeah. Then the next day. They're at the same place at the same time again. And the guy comes up to him to start the conversation over again. Like, hey, man, you shouldn't have done that. You didn't if learn you, from yesterday? If you allegedly got punked by a guy on a Thursday, you don't see the guy on a Friday and, and go, I'm going to volunteer for this punk one more time. Yeah, Please give it to me, let's, sir. Let's run it back. I think I, think I could have did better. Oh, yeah. here he is. So you know. he, he goes through that where people are discussing whether he's going to have a suspension or not. I think he just ended up walking off with a small fine. And now we have what has become the, the theme of the millennial age, which is the the uh, – the Snapchat or the Twitter, or the social media screw up, and he sent his dick all over <laughs> Snapchat. He didn't just send it to one person he and someone reposted. He posted it to his story. You fuck. He posted a picture of his penis to his story. <laughs> How do you fuck that up? I, I don't know, but I mean the the question of this is, and I and I, it's been all over ESPN. It's been all over Fox Sports. It's been everywhere. Is is Draymond Green becoming, I guess, a character that he wore the black hat. He repped it. He said, I'm going to be the villain. I'm going to be the tough guy on my team. But is there a point where you wear it too much to where you're a liability for your team? Or you're too much of a distraction for your team? Or is this just a narrative that we like to create in athletes? I think um, (laughs) it's an interesting question. So he he does wear the black hat for his team because his team's all – Really good guys, and then, gee golly, we play team basketball. Even more with Kevin Durant now. I don't think, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's a bad guy in terms of league standings. There are some worse guys. Matt Barnes, and whoever you want to name. There's some dirty <laughs> players. There's the, those guys exist. So he's the black hat of his team, but not of the league. I think what we're seeing now is a little bit of uh, early early fame, and it might have been a little too soon for him to be able to understand how not necessarily understand how things work but basically what he's getting is a backlash of falling out of favor with the world he's yeah. going through what lebron went through with the whole uh switching from the Cavs to miami thing and it's more dangerous for him where every where everybody's out to get you yeah he's not the ideal size or talent level of a normal star I no mean, no no he doesn't fit into any like three four or five he's six he's, eight 
He's a three, four, and five. Yeah, he's a he's a six, eight guy that plays the five every once in a while. And I mean, you could make a case that in any other era than this one, he might not even be a star. I, yeah, I could see that. He, he'd be like on a Bruce Bowen, a Robert Ory type. Yeah, if it wasn't a small ball era, era, he yeah. might not be as important to the team as he is now. And you're right, he may be the fame is too much for him. I, I everybody's on my side, watching you, and everybody's out to get you. I would be careful if I'm him. Why are you out by yourself anyway? Well, number one, why are you out by yourself? Number two, at a bar. Number two, you're on what is now the most public team in the NBA, mm-hmm. and they don't need you. No. Well, now that they have Kevin Durant, game five they have. Well, no, 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 no. I, <laughs> they need him as far as the team chemistry, but they could trade him and do make like do him. without him. You yeah. can't tell me that a team with Kevin Durant. Uh, Thompson, Clay Thompson, Curry, Curry, Iguodala can't make it without. If you trade Draymond Green and pull it, put in someone else that could play the four or the five. There are other Draymond Greens that could plug into that spot, like an Ibaka or somebody like that. I agree. I say he needs to be careful. I need to be careful. I don't yeah. think they would get rid of him though. You don't? I don't think he could be. He, honestly, what he could and and I, here's I guess where we're gonna disagree. Um, he could be Rodman. He can go all out, balls to the wall, fuck everybody. But Rodman got along with Phil mentioned. Jackson. Well, I'm, Draymond yeah. Green does not get along with Steve Kerr. They don't get along. No, there's I like didn't know that. I, yeah, there's like a. It's actually a thing where Draymond Green like hacks out a lot in practice and on the team stuff like that. But it's one of those chemistries oh, of like that it gone. gets no, no. But it gets it, it's one of those things that the coach accepts and they kind of like play around with it a little bit. Kind of it's like having, certain coaches have had that relationship with players before. It's not unfamiliar, but. You are, I was told this once by a job that you're worth as much, you're only as worth as much as the trouble you, you, bring. you bring. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you make a lot of money for the company, you you can cause a lot of trouble. If you don't make a lot of money and you cause a lot of trouble, your ass is gone. You could be gone. <laughs> you, you could be I gone. Think, I think with that being said, I think he's good. I think he could fuck up. He could bring, I mean, that team's not going to be distracted. That mm-hmm. team's on point. They're laser focused. They're, they're, their talent level gives them a certain amount of uh, room for error, and they, they're they not going to be distracted. They're going to be fine. They're going to go back to the finals. They may not win it again, but they're going to go back. Um, I think Draymond could go full Rodman here, man. He could color his hair. He could take that 100K and be in that porno. Do whatever the fuck he wants at this point. <laughs> he got his ring already. Like, what the fuck does he care? Like, he's, he's, a, he's a baller. He could be on any team and, and be an asset to any team, in my opinion. And any dark skin. So he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Fuck that light skin team. Fuck no, that light skin team. I feel like Draymond Green is kind of. I feel like if Draymond Green left the the Golden State Warriors, I don't know if he could go to any team and be good. I don't know if I don't know if he could go to the Heat. I don't know if he could go to the Lakers. I don't know if he could go to a lot of different teams and be good. I would agree. Well, with that being said, let's take a quick little break. Masters of banter. We'll be right back. So for the third topic of today on Masters of Banter, uh, we want to talk about something that's near and dangerous. Uh, we, we both live in Florida, and Zika virus is actually kind of causing a bit of an issue. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Everyone's going to die. You know, legit, man, they, the fucking uh, World Health Organization got me bugging. Like, I'm not even trying to have no kids. Is that the main thing, the main issue here, that it causes birth defects? Well... Well, you do get sick. I think they had some people die from it, if I'm not mistaken, oh. in Brazil and stuff like See, that. See, I'm extra scared now, because I thought it was just, I was like, I ain't trying to have no kids anyway. I, I don't, all them shit. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, some people died from it, but the main thing is that you get, like, sick. You get sick, Fuck but that. then, but then, you do have the lingering effects of, I, 
you know, having the, yeah, having a child that's, you know, born, you know. Well, let me get to it. But Zika virus, uh, in Miami, the World Health Organization and CDC, they issued a, not a no-fly zone. What do they call it? Hello, uh, hazard. A hazard. A do health, not. health hazard zone, no travel zone. Basically, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, um, <laughs> my man just showed us in the background. Beanie, Beanie Man got Zika? Shit. Not Beanie Man. Getting everybody. Getting, I, I, dude, I heard about I heard about the health warning because I was listening to Bomani Jones riding home, and he was like, "They just put out a he literally like live like did it did it did it did it like live update. Like, they just put a health warning out in Miami. We might all have the Zika. <laughs> and what's interesting is now we're in summer, and the those mosquitoes only come out when it's hot. And mm-hmm. Brazil's in winter, so it's not Zika season <laughs> there. So, so this whole big deal's been being made about the Summer Olympics. It's actually on TV right now. Yeah. The Summer Olympics, Zika virus, watch out. The, all of our healthy athletes are going to get it. And now it's more. We're in mosquito season. Yeah, we, we're in mosquito season. We got problems here. Well, the thing is, it it, it wouldn't come to us because those mosquitoes aren't going to be able to get here. But here apparently be. people get bitten there, and come back here, here then get, have sex. Get bitten. It's transmitted through blood, so people transmit it through sex. I've heard it, you, if you come if you come here with it and then you're bitten by a mosquito... And then it bites me. Then it translates that. I mean, transmit. Translate. That's that's for words. Uh, <laughs> basically, I could get it from you by a mosquito biting you than me. Okay. Bullshit. That's scary as hell. That's bullshit. That's scary as hell. I ain't going outside. I don't even know why there's a travel warning. Cause might as well just say we're all gonna get it. It's a ton of fucking mosquitoes. Yeah, there's a ton of mosquitoes it's about to start in Florida. Raining and shit. It's supposed to rain the rest of this week. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Um, excuse my language. I'm just a little pressed about it because unprecedented. Lee, uh, they issued a, a no travel area down of uh, north of downtown Miami, to where if you're pregnant or expecting a child or if your your mate is, then neither of you should travel there. What about the fucking people that live there? Like, what are they doing? So the thing I I, I really hope they clarify in the next few days is if you're not pregnant, because they all keep saying if you're if you're pregnant, don't go there. If you're expect if you're trying to have a child right now, don't go there. If you get Zika, because it's a virus, so a virus never leaves your system. Will and if they don't come out with a cure, can you definite? never have a kid? Is that like the life expectancy of that thing? Is it like, oh, well, you got Zika, better adopt? Which is kind of cool for me because I'm adopted, but I mean, so I, <laughs> I'd have been good. Shout out to the adopted kids. <laughs> I'd have been good in 87. I mean, unless but, you want your kid to have a small head. That's not even small head. It's like to the point where their their brain only develops so big. Mm. So then they're, you know, it's... Complete, it's a, like... Yeah. Rick Scott... Life, life Rick Scott was acting like it's not a big deal, and then a family bought brought their son who has that disease to him and like look at the challenges our son's going through really? this can't be a big deal and i mean brazil had large numbers of this happen they brazil's health organization said we are looking at the possibility of a whole generation of brazilians being with, pr- being ailed with this oh my goodness, you're talking a, a generation of the population that might not be able to take care of itself as much be as the one before it under rug for a third world country but we're talking about United States of America. Like, Brazil might not even, Brazil's not even third world country, but yes, not. I mean, well, they might be now. <laughs> Zika put them <laughs> yes. back a whole no, world. No, their economy put them back that far. But uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, you're right. Like, what what do we do in a superpower where this could happen? I mean, I mean, it's it's we, nuts we, to think we, about. It's kind of it's like The Walking Dead. We could be. I mean, that's. A, <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm, that's, I'm, a, that's major, an exaggeration. But uh, we could be on some um, China shit, like uh, restriction of childbirth. And that'll help the population numbers in this whole global warming thing, but 
Who who is the government to tell us not have kids? Does that mean bro? we got to you... try to have kids right now? Because I mean, my my checking account to my savings account, there's a three, there's a there's a three day hold. The way, it's you know, the way it's set up, it just doesn't work like that. So I mean, the way my child support is set up, I don't know about the more kids anyway. <laughs> so I'm this might be good. Like, babe, like I know you want kids, but do you want them to have that Zika? <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it's just a thought. It's just a thought. Uh, honestly, man, it, we're joking around, but I, the word pandemic was used. I mean, that's major. That's I forget what pandemic definitions are, but that's a significant amount of the population at risk to, to be affected by or uh, or have effects from mm-hmm. whatever the ailment is, whatever the virus or disease or whatever. Pandemic is, is just short of epidemic. It's yeah. just, I mean, this could be a big thing. Like yeah, this, it, it, we're majorly downplaying What's it. kind of scary to me is most of the time when diseases like this pop up, like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not, you know, some of my friends on Facebook that are. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I am I definitely think that most of the time when a disease comes out, it seems kind of weird to me that the government comes out with the vaccine in, like, the quickest, like, amount possible as soon as it affects America. Like <laughs> Ebola. An American got an Ebola, and all of a sudden they're like, holy crap, we figured it out. <laughs> Ebola <laughs> is cured. Look at that. Three Americans got it. We're done with it. But, like, <laughs> so I, I have this, I have this, like, fear now because – Usually the World Health Organization is like, hey, we're starting vaccines and, or they're starting testing. They're doing stuff like that. And all of a sudden, a few months down the road, they don't have a cure, but they have something that helps it. Then they come mm-hmm. up with this and this and that. It's been, what, how long have we been doing this? Since the beginning of the year? Yeah, pretty much And they don't have any hope. And they're like, this is just, hey, you get it, you get it. Hope you survive. So it's kind of one of those things where I worry about that. Like, how quickly can we catch up? And someone posted something on my Facebook today that said, this is Mother Nature stopping global population growth and i was like holy shit m night Shyamalan! like what are you doing like <laughs> bum, bum, bum. yeah so i mean it's it's scary i feel it's kind of hard for us i wanted to talk about it i was the one that brought the topic up because yeah. it is kind of scary for us being here in tampa even though you know we're not i mean we're, in, next door yeah, we're right Miami, next door we're not major cities there's there's 300 miles to separate us but that ain't a lot it got from brazil so let's just think about this how many people travel from miami to tampa and back on a daily basis. Just I don't know. Very normal, very easy traffic. You're talking a four-hour drive. Yeah, so, I mean, anybody that we know that's been to Miami, we can't really hang out with for the you next little bit. got a Miami shirt on, so I might have to stop hanging out with you now. Yeah, I might be on the list. <laughs> I might be... I might Just be, from wearing that shirt. Might be Miami listed. What about... Think about that, too. Traveling teams, sports teams. We're about to start football back. You got the Dolphins. You yeah. got the, the we just Canes, sent. We the, just sent, like, a thousand people to Brazil for the Olympics. They I, could... They could all come back with it and, yeah. and literally be spread it across the U.S. Fucking crazy, man. Zika virus. It is, I, I don't know a whole lot about its effects and what it does because I was just asking you, other than birth defects, like what's the big deal? But it, apparently it causes major issues for the person who contracts it too. Yeah, I got a beanie man on a stretcher. Yeah, was he? <laughs> was that what he was doing in that picture? Yeah, he was, him, like, he was in the hospital like with like, fluids and shit like that. IVs and shit? Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Y'all want to go to Miami? <laughs> Hotel is mad cheap right now. Yo, T, yeah. T's yo. always saying that don't want to go to Miami because of the money might spend. It might be going down. Yo, we could, might be like Brexit. We could save a bunch of money. We just wear long sleeves. What's up? <laughs> now nah, let's get out of here. Um, as you know, as always, with masses of banter. After all the bantering is done, uh, we do save a little bit of time and space for us to 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 get a, a solo banter, a monologue on to get your last say. Last thought of the week, JM. What you got on your mind? Actually, man, I'm gonna pass it to you. You got the one oh. the most recently. He just Bounce popped back. it in his head right, right when we took the break. So yep. I'm gonna let Mike kick Mike kick it off. I see that two man game. We we on a fast break. I kick it to him. He kick it back. I would dunk it, but the way my knee's set up. Um, but no, let's get into the shit. 
So, completely unrelated to everything we talked about today, I just want to talk a little bit about the rap game and what's going on right now. Um, namely, more specifically, Joe Budden versus Drake. I felt the need to say this, and I want to get more into this on the Port Podcast, which uh, airs actually the day after this episode. But uh, we'll save that for a later date. For now, what I'll simply say is this. We have Russia versus America, and Russia's poking and prodding. America's not trying to hear that shit. But at some point, something's going to happen to make America strike back. And Drake did come back. He replied back with uh, Drake's America here, if y'all didn't catch that, uh, because he's the bigger name. It's kind of weird because he's Canadian, so... Joe Budden's America. Just follow the metaphor. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's my final word. Uh, he, he did strike back, and, and he did come out with uh, that one track, No Shopping. Uh, pretty weak reply, in my opinion. Not really up to par with what I believe he could do, especially as evidenced by what he did to Meek and how anxious he was to get at Meek to do that. Uh, I personally do want to say I'm a fan of Drake. I am a fan of Joe Budden. I've been a fan of both for a long time. But I'm also a fan of rap, and I want to get back to that original rap shit where somebody say your name and you go after their head. Fuck your fame status. Fuck where you at in Calabasas or your girlfriend, Rihanna, all that bullshit. You need to get back to the bars. Pin the pad, I like Quentin Miller, and get at Joe Button. Not that you can win this battle, but at least if you fight valiantly, then we could at least say he held his own. Did you just throw a diss to Drake <laughs> in your own last word? <laughs> do, do, do. Drake gonna come at me, but because uh, I got bars too. Uh, but no, really, like, just let's get back to rap. What rap started out? Remember, rap started out in Harlem, in the in the in the parks, on the streets, where dudes would come up and they got something. My name is Mike, and I'm here to say JM is a co-host every day, second place. Luigi, no, I'm playing. <laughs> you should see his face. But no, no bullshit. Like, that, what happened to that? What happened to the the core of having something to say? And if it was something opposite of what I'm about, then I got something to say back. You say my name in a rap, I'm coming back at you. I don't care how famous I am. I don't care how much money I'm making. It's not going to affect your money, Drake. Get back at him. I'll leave that with this. Um, you got other internet people taking up your beef for you. Um, Mickey Fax and and the crazy dude with the tattoo on his face. What's his name? Daylight came with a diss back at Joe Button, which was cool. But I don't want to see Joe Button battle them because that's a manufactured beef. I think this views beef with Drake and... and um, Drake and Joe Button is authentic. I think it's real. It could be what uh, Jay-Z and Nas had to some degree in terms of, of, of skill level. These these guys have that skill level. They could bring that talent level to the beef, bring it back to what it used to be. And that's my final say. Drake, come back at him, man. Stop fucking dating these girls, man. Stop out here doing the motherfucking ringing the phone dance. Go back at Joe Button. I'm done. <laughs> there's so many so many topics that you brought up in that final word and so many disses you threw i feel as though there was a lot of personal feelings in there and i think we're going to hear a little bit more about it when we do the the pour up we, podcast we definitely will get into all of that yes yes i i, I do believe we will <laughs> and i'll and i'll sit there much like t whenever we're talking about any kind of comic book i'll understand most of it but uh i don't have as much emotional investment i'll to try it. to keep you as involved like as i can there's a very small part of my body of my brain that i give to joe button and it's not very big and i like i like i just don't like joe button that much uh, you should give him a chance man he's the mood guy you he got what? bars we, uh, we can talk about this poor podcast we'll talk about it but all right get to your last say let's get out of here man what's your banter about? all right so my my banter as I don't know, man. It feels like every time we get on a subject, stuff like that, I take it to like a super serious topic, and I don't mean to do this every time I get on, uh, you know, any of our podcasts. But right now, right now, I'm sorry. I'm fucking 
pissed off. I'm mad, oh, and I just I dropped an f bomb. I try not to do that, but I'm mad. I'm 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 actually mad about our political process and where we're at right now. Yes, and speak. it has to do with Donald Trump and his absolute ignorance when it comes to calling out uh, Mr. Khan, the guy who, I don't know if you all know, but at the Democratic convention, he spoke up and he talked about his son who gave his life for his country. I don't know if you've read the story about his son, why he joined the military, and the beautiful story that that is, about how he's inspired by Thomas Jefferson to give back to his country for everything the country had given to him because he'd immigrated when he was two, and he grew up and people accepted him and people loved him and treated him like he was an American. The exact opposite of what Donald Trump does to every other immigrant. Mm -hmm. And for Donald Trump to, the, and I'm going to talk about one specific phrase that I feel like him saying it is so damn offensive that people should be more outraged by it. John Oliver was outraged by it, and it it, it was something that already pissed me off. The, the wife, if you watched it in the Democratic National Convention, Mr. Khan's wife was silent the whole time. You could see tears in her eyes. And he called her out and he said, yeah, I noticed his wife. His wife was silent. Maybe she was silent because she wasn't allowed to speak. Going back on stereotypes of mm -hmm. Muslim women because there's, you know, in to people's perception in all Muslim cultures that, because there are different ones. And in all Muslim cultures, women aren't allowed to speak. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. And that's not true about all of them. But he said that she, he didn't believe she was allowed to speak. I'm not saying it. Maybe it's the case. Maybe she's not allowed to talk, blah, 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 the way he speaks. And... The reason that is offensive is because she then explained it and said, no, the reason I didn't talk is because I get really emotional when I discuss the death of my son and I have to look at a picture of him. Now, like, I understand that a lot of people have opinions about Donald Trump. I understand that people have a lot of negative opinions for him. I have a, a ton. But that right there has got to strike a chord with more people than it is. The fact that he has such insensitivity to the fact that a that a, a Two people that immigrated to this country, like let their son, supported their son, and serving our country and giving his life, that he gave so little shits about that as to publicly slide diss them mm -hmm. is horrible. And then not to apologize, not to backtrack when he heard the explanation from the woman, but to double down on it. He, on he it, just yeah. doubled, doubles down on it every time. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the insensitivity that he has towards towards veterans, towards immigrants, towards people that serve this country well, that immigrated here, because it's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing about America, and I'm just, I'm, I'm pissed off about it. I Like, I almost can't form thought because I cannot believe that people are more upset about it. And I'm reading articles where they're accusing them of being, like, just going in on them about them being Muslim. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is that are American. And they came to this country to better themselves and to bring something to the country, and I'm glad that they did. That's why John McCain and the GOP is freaking out because they're like, this is something we can't support. And I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad some people are upset about it. But I feel like we, we should be more. I, I, I agree. And not to get too deep into that topic, I think a lot of his own uh, cohorts, his, like you said, the GOP, they're <laughs> speaking up against it because even to them, it's appalling to, to believe that someone would take that stance in this situation. Yeah. Could not believe it. Absolutely thought it was. I, if you told me it happened, I would have believed it was a fucking joke. I saw it happen. Yeah. I, I, I saw it on the news. I, I can't believe it either. And the thing about... And this guy wants to be our president. Yeah, and the thing about the president, and the, this is the one of the best things I've heard, is uh, one of the guys on Bill Maher said, the job of the president at many times is to be the adult in the room yep. between Republicans and Democrats. Yep. It's to be the guy that stands in the middle and goes, okay, okay, okay. Chill. Let's have a real conversation. Yeah. And can you imagine if that is the person that's supposed to be the voice of reason in a, any kind of room? 
Like I can't, I couldn't imagine playing the voice of reason in a game of dominoes, much less a freaking like sitting in the situation room. And that's my final word. Listen, I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm not telling you what to vote. I'm just telling you to, to look at some things. Just look at the through, person. Dude, just look at the person. Look at the scenario and put your prejudice aside. Just imagine it was a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant and he said that about their family. And I feel like it would take it would make a step back a little bit or just take the lens off of it whatsoever and just like black and white it. You yeah. know, just like I was gonna hey, say it doesn't even take that kind of kind of um empathy i mean i mean that sympathy you can have empathy for someone else and see uh, black white yellow or green that person's child was killed fighting for this country and all they were doing was speaking about it and his reply to them was to diss them and that is appalling on so many levels is retarded yeah and good final word man I, I i appreciate that uh so that's our show for today masses of banter yep, another yep. week another debate another another good back and forth uh, anything you gotta say to hit out, Jake? I feel like I won. I don't know about anyone else. I mean, I don't know if we're keeping score or something I, like that, but I'm pretty sure I won this one. We're so. keeping score like they keep scoring wild and out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's it for today, Masters of Banter. I am Mike Lake. That's and I am JM. JM and Mike Lake. We are out, Masters of Banter. See ya.